this is Red Pill Radio, and I'm Noki the One. And y'all can introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Goddess Renee Angelique. I'm Tiffany Scales. I'm Ebony Rose. Cool. And we are going to talk about LGBT spirituality. So the first question I have is, when did y'all realize you had spiritual gifts? At what point and what do y'all feel like that was? I would say I realized it when I was about um, nine or so. Like, I could feel people. Let's say my mama would date somebody. I'd be like, it's just something about them I don't like. Before I know it, they'd be gone. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, oh, okay. If I don't like them, they disappear. So I kind of felt at that point. <laughs> I kind of felt at that point, like, okay. And then when I start praying, like, for my siblings, and then, like, I pray in church, it just feel different. So what would you call that spiritual gift? Well, at the, at the time, I don't think I have that anymore, but I, I, now I know it's discernment. Like, I can feel people. And I see people, and then I know already how I'm going to deal with that person. Or what I need to pray about for that person. Okay. So, um, Well, actually, I'm in the process of taking a test that Ebony has access to to tell you. So I call out all of your gifts. But for me, since I've been really young, I've had a, a very powerful way with words. And I would hear things, but not like hear voices. Literally, like people can tell me. Um, you know, seven random words, but yeah. I hear the pain and the dark parts, and I can talk them through the path to get to that light. Yeah. Um. So you know, my my pseudo name is the Wormetician because literally, like it's it's in me to give that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when did you realize you had that gift? I was a child. I wrote a book when I was five. Oh dang. Um. I've I've always wow. Done something. Like so, I'm 35 now. So yeah, 30 years I've been doing it. Wow. I started speaking extemporaneously almost 10 years ago and and that started just from acknowledging that I was in a really dark place myself mm-hmm. and when I got in front of a microphone it was like oh I could do anything hey. you know like I, I can heal in this process I can heal in this process yeah and then the, the two birds one stone is really effective for me yeah so yeah cool so Renee yeah, so I knew I had spiritual gifts very, very young just because of the spiritual practices that my family practices. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I didn't actually acknowledge them mm-hmm. until probably about four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, just because once you have certain gifts um, in my spiritual practice, like if yeah. you do not handle them and acknowledge them then your life kind of goes into turmoil yeah um and so that's what I experienced a lot in my life because of yeah that and also traumas in my life um and then also being a Afro-Latina here in the states my practice my spiritual practice is not so accepted and so I tried to become a Christian I tried to go to church every Sunday I tried to do these things to try to be yeah. more like the American girl, mixed girl in Houston. Yeah. Um, and so now, of course, in the last four or five years, um, acknowledging it. And what are those gifts? I mean, I feel people. I yeah. read people. I can see things that other people can't see. Yeah. Um, I get nervous when I'm super nervous. It's because I'm feeling everybody else's yeah. energy, yeah. Right. and it's not mine. Yeah. And so learning to... Um, just protect myself in that and also help people through that. Yeah. 
So yeah. That's what's up. So what about you? Mine <laughs> at five, like I could I could channel. Mm-hmm. So I like there's a time where my mom was like she was really worried about um a house that she wanted to buy. She's still in the house. And I was just I was like five years old and I was just sitting over in the passenger seat and I was like, Mom, you don't have to worry about it. God said it's your house. And mm-hmm. she's like Wow. Really, Amber? <laughs> what else did God say? <laughs> You're giving me the tea. Yeah. And then she was like, I went, Yeah, and she was like, I went right back to being like a little kid, and I was just like, you know, playing around. And she was just like, What the hell is this child got going on? And so, like, over time, like, when whenever my dad died, I channeled him through a song, like maybe three days, because I didn't have a good relationship with him. So I channeled him in a rap song, and halfway through the song, it was a conversation from me, and the other half was from him. And I was like, okay. That was my first experience as an adult, because, you know, once you become, like, a teenager or whatever, you start to be like, okay, you don't want to deal with that stuff. And then I feel like scary movies and stuff like that keeps you from wanting to access your ancestors and other spiritual realms. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like channeling was a big thing. I feel like energy like i get super nervous like i don't go out that much at all mm-hmm. because i know if the energy is not right i'm just dead randomly in the middle me so too I'm literally <laughs> I'm I'm like, oh, nope. <laughs> yeah, i'm like oh no i can't yeah. do it i'm like my bad i gotta go like mm-hmm. I, I i don't know what it is but i got to like i can't stay in a place and like in here i feel like i've experienced where like Bad energies don't, they can't they cross can't the door. Mm-hmm. And if they do, they can't stay because they feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that's one of my, my gifts. That's the most powerful though, right? Like yeah. instead of being influenced by all of the disarray, yeah. you come in and you set the tone. Exactly. And, and make them come to the to the same level. Yeah. Like, that Raise everybody. Right. Yes. Yes. Man, I love exactly. that. Exactly. Right. So I got another question. Kind of piggybacking, like how, like what, what, Traditions like spiritual traditions did y'all grow up with like family and we can go this way with y'all okay um so i'm cuban um and we practice something called santeria it Mm -hmm. it comes from yoruba um and it's like a merge between ifa yoruba with saints which is from the catholic religion and ifa which is an african spiritual practice Mm -hmm. and during slavery in cuba we had to like hide our deities i didn't know they were deities until like a couple of years ago i always knew of them as orishas but they're deities you put them behind whatever so that's what i practiced all the way up until probably 11 or so um my dad was incarcerated and he became christian and it was just kind of like this really weird change yeah um and then of course i went into that whole thing and that was the biggest spiritual struggle that i've gone through in my whole entire life i can still go to church like i still have to go to church for certain things because my grandfather on my dad's side was catholic so i still you know so it's very eclectic Mm -hmm. i would have to say because i have ancestors that they were you know catholic or you know whatever so it's very eclectic but the baseline is something yeah so what yeah. is that? What do y'all do? Like, why was it such a shock to transfer to Christian after being in? Because it's very different. We don't believe in hell. We don't believe in heaven. Yeah. Um, we're very self actualization type of spirituality. Yeah. Um, 
we don't blame the devil. Mm -hmm. um, That's what's up. And we like. don't, we don't, we don't. Hope is hope is is a nice, beautiful word sometimes, but for us, it's more like we can do the work to heal mm -hmm. from whatever it is that we're going through, like alcoholism or mm -hmm. any type of sickness. Yeah, you know, you have different avenues. It's it's very action. You very know? much how the house is. Yes. Like a lot of the rituals so. of the African Ifa, they base everything on where is the element and all the things that you're doing is to focus that on that particular element while someone else is focusing on the head and the tail. Yeah. So it's yes. works. Yeah. Yeah. And it's and it's in not all right in the works. right. Yeah. And it's not always like in your house. Like I'll never forget, like one of my uh, brothers, he looked at me and he's like, You need to go talk to somebody outside of your family about your problems. Mm -hmm. And I was like <laughs> really? like like right now you have to do that in front of everybody you know and wow. it's like he's telling me to go to therapy you yeah. know what I mean like and a lot of other from, from my experience that's not incorporated like yeah you know a true. lot of mental illness and stuff like that they they really talk about that they yeah. really they really they tell you stuff that you don't want to hear a lot yeah. of stuff that you don't want to hear yeah yeah that's what's yeah. keep you accountable mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. I like that absolutely cool so so as far as um, upbringing, I wasn't raised in the church. My mom worked on weekends. She was in the military, single parent. So the closest thing, and, and not to take away from the fact that we did pray. I mean, I remember talking to God like this was a conversation. But the things that I remember her doing was making a cross when we heard sirens. Sadly, that's been like a, a transition because now when I do it, it's for a whole deeper meaning. Yeah. But I remember, like, you know, we would pull over to the right if we heard sirens and make a cross and just pray for whatever was going on to get through that. And that I have grown into my, my religion, my practice, my faith. My mother came in late. And so the conversations that we have now of days is, is more like I come into, uh, my, my stepdad had a, a surgery a couple weeks ago. And I got in the waiting room. And it wasn't even like a moment to hug. It was, hey, go talk to her. You know, and so my mom's praying for some stranger in the waiting room and got me telling some lady that I don't know. Yeah. And I told her, I was like, I don't even know if she'd be receptive to me. But yeah. my mom, she knows. And now she knows she knows. And so yeah. like the, the flow is so much smoother yeah. than it was when I was a kid. That's what's up. Yeah. So how was it Christian? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So for me, um, love is a religion I practice. Okay. And and the action of it is, you know, we say Christian to be Christ-like, but Christians around here don't act like him. Yeah. And so I practice, you know, love because love, well, the religion is a practice and it's what you do all the time. And if I'm able to maximize every orifice of myself to love and the capacity yeah. that's unmatched, then I'm more like him than they are. Yeah. And it's just a lot easier that way. But um, I don't get into semantics of, you know, what came first or arguments that are, are controversial. I don't question him. Yeah. So that's my, my process. All right. So for me, I grew up in church, but it was after like a traumatic experience. So like my mom, it was a drive-by on our house. My mom got shot, but everybody else survived. It was like 17 gunshots. Nobody woke up. Everyone stayed asleep. And when I when I found my mom, when she was walking down the street saying, thank you, Jesus. And from that point, we went to church every Sunday, every Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. That's what it felt like. We was in church all the time, fire rehearsal. Um, <laughs> yeah. We were Baptists at first, but then my church switched to a non-denominational. And so, like, I'm not really into, like, 
I usually say like the semantics, the rules and stuff, but the root and the principle of it. And it's like how you said, you love is the religion you practice. God is love. You know what I'm saying? So as Christians are supposed to demonstrate God's love, like, but a lot of people are lost, you know? And so, but however, I, that's how I grew up going to church, hearing the tambourines, seeing praise Ooh, dancers, Lord. man, Holy, it Ghost. Was, Holy Ghost be tearing the church <laughs> up. Okay. <laughs> so, um, but also other things like, you know, anointed oil. Like I have some in my pocket. Oh, dang, you ready? So I know myself all day, every day, right? And this is to keep my mind, my heart, my soul, my ears, my hands, and my ears open to God, you know, and close to anything else. And it's kind of like, I promise y'all, like this, for me, at least, um, I'm into Harry Potter too. And it's this thing called Felix. And it's like, um, lucky, like you'll be your luckiest. Like when you drink it. So for me, it's kind of like that. Like, I feel like untouchable. Like, and everything, I've been so much favor on my life since I've been doing it consistently. It's like, I know it works. Like, I do. So I grew up super Christian. Super Christian. Super Christian. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> 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 Y'all wake up. Y'all got superheroes. I mean, I would say like super Christian, but my mom had us in church every Sunday for mm-hmm. sure. Um, always gospel music all Sunday. Oh, Me and my sister used to be had to wear dresses. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Like she had to drag me every single Sunday, and like it was just Christian music the mm-hmm. whole day. And it was a non-denominational church, but they were very like close to Baptist. Mm-hmm. And my whole family is super religious from New Orleans. Oh. I think some of my family practice voodoo or whatever i mean i don't know some spirituality in new orleans but nobody talks about it but they're super super christian like next level and have gifts and things like that discernment mm-hmm. and like manifestation powers and mm-hmm. so it was very interesting and i want to transition to like how has the spirituality that you grew up in with your family affected you as lgbt and like how did they react like (laughs) whenever you came out if you came out however whatever happened what happened so we'll go this way okay so for me uh as far as coming out it was hard but I came out, I was about 23, 24. But my mom already knew. Like, I did dress differently than I dress now, right? But I had just never said it. You know, I was just living my life. Like, I don't really have to explain myself. But one day I said, okay, let me tell her. Because I was getting into, like, the serious relationship, blah, 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 blah. So I was like, we sitting there watching TV. I said, mom, I want to tell you something. She was like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like... <laughs> well, you know, I never really liked guys like that. She's like, uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, I, I just have a more a deeper affection for women or whatever. That's what she said. That's Maybe we want to respect the whole process. Like, oh, okay, a deeper respect. <laughs> yeah, so it's something along those lines. And she was just like, I knew that's what you were going to tell me. Said that the devil is a lie. And that's it. And so that was like the end wow. of that conversation. Oh, but it has, it was, it did weigh heavy on me. You know, it was yeah. uh, always like this, even to this day, like this 
constant like uh, tug of war. Like, is this right? Is this not right? I'm not really sure. Am I doing the right thing? I'm doing the wrong thing, you know? And so then I just had to seek the truth for myself and not just what I was being told, right? It's like, God, if you have a problem with me, you tell me. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, man, it's, it's been a journey. I even did like nine months of conversion therapy and all what? kinds of Man. It's, how does uh, that work? Because I've heard some stories about conversion therapy. So, like. Okay. So, in my case, it wasn't like traumatic or nothing like that. Like electric shock. No, right? no, nothing yeah, like it that. It does get that bad for some. It does get that, that bad for some, but it wasn't like that. It was more like a weekly course. And we, for nine months, we had homework and study. Now, all the participants, this is the crazy thing, but not to discredit the course itself, because I think it did exactly what it was supposed to do, not necessarily what the instructor wanted it to do, but what it was supposed to do. So everyone from who has participated in the class, still there, but however, are living a spiritual life for God, though, but still yeah. being themselves, you know what I'm saying? So it's like the class actually opened me up to my spiritual gifts, my calling. Like, I have a calling for evangelism, but I do that through my poetry. That's how I do it. And so, like, I found that out in the class. I learned about fasting, how to fast, what's consecration. Uh, You know, like, I really built my relationship with God from the class. So, I think that's what God intended the class to do. And I feel like if you have a relationship with God, anything that's not supposed to be there will get filtered through the relationship, you know, yeah. eventually because just like me and you hanging out, the longer we hang out, we pick up each other's mannerisms. Yeah. The same thing, the closer your relationship with God, you you become more Christ-like, so to speak, right? And so it's like, it just filters, right? So lightness and darkness can't be in the same place at the same time. So I'm like, okay, all right, after years, I'm still gay. So Okay, I still, you know, still would see somebody and not anytime I'd be like, okay, I think I'm good. Then I see a woman and be like, nah, I didn't date anybody in high school. I, yeah. I didn't like partake in anything until you know I was a sophomore. But like that transition, I guess my summertime before my 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 sophomore year, my um no, I lied. My bad. It was my freshman year. So I have a friend from high school that helped me move, and she's a stud, and so she carried all the heavy stuff. And so we parked on the yard, and she's walking myself up the stairs, and my sweet mate is my teammate, mm-hmm. and her parents are there, and they're super religious. Yeah. Like insanely intimidating and uncomfortable religious. Mm-hmm. And, I know them types. Yeah, like the, the breath stopped flowing, you know? Yeah. But um, they had like this ballistic conniption from seeing this, you know, androgynous woman walk yeah. up into my room and basically told the coach that that wasn't going to be allowed. Like they didn't have their <laughs> daughter. I mean, she was a star shooter. Like wow. they would not let her stay at the school if she was going to be around those kinds of influences. Like I played on a basketball team of the prettiest girls who at halftime were recurling their hair and applying in real life. How? Like they I'm, I'm used to being <laughs> on undefeated teams. My freshman year we might have won seven games. I was ashamed. Wow. You have to have at least you were ashamed because you wanted to win. 
You gotta have at least one stud on basketball team. Like, oh my god, I played in the sweat, okay? So, like, all the girls in Mississippi Valley and Grandma State had hair under their arms, like little baby afros. Oh my god. It was just like, like, pin, nah, like they were all. But like even even me playing ball, like my uh my dad wasn't comfortable me playing basketball for college and um had his sister talk to me about how you know I was gonna like don't get got pretty much. Which I didn't even understand. What did she say? How do how do you tell someone how not to get got? She said you reconsider playing basketball because you know you're gonna get got. Like that's what she said. Okay. I've had that conversation before. I've heard that yeah. of people of people not even letting their girls play basketball because yeah. they're scared of the potential of their daughters being gay. I've yeah, yes. I understand because it's kind of like people don't want to put their boys in dancing and tap dancing and stuff because they think yeah, but it don't really ball. It don't. Have you seen people dance? Like man, yeah, it's, it's just. But I think I lost the question initially. So how did your family, like whenever your family found out? As far as religion goes, um, so my mom wasn't really in church when she found out. Like her faith came when she started uh, seeing her now husband. Yeah. Um, but her only response initially was, but I want to have grandkids. And I said, but I got science. Yeah. And, and it, I think just the transition of her learning more, being around more, being exposed to more things and realizing we are human mm-hmm. and we love just as freely. We don't have a problem. Like she's not, um, she's not even like that fake nice in front of people that, yeah. you know, people of interest or people that matter to me. Like she doesn't have a tone of insincerity. Like she, she truly loves as I do. And yeah. I love it. That's what's up. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, when I came out, pretty much everybody was like cool with it because okay. we don't. In, no my spiritual, yeah, in, yeah. in my spirituality, no like we actually believe that um, gay men are more spiritual because they have more clairvoyant energy like a lot mm-hmm. of stuff has to do with energy we mm-hmm. also do like when a spirit mounts you and stuff like that and for whatever reason the lgbt community we're more susceptible to yes. it mm-hmm. um channeling um we're more susceptible to it so it's not anything where it's an issue granted my dad w- was institutionalized oh, yeah. and oh. by the time i came out he was very much so christian i mean when he came out, it was like, what? Like, I had to learn a lot because I didn't know. Like, mm-hmm. we were not exposed, but he was just Christian and he did not want to hear anything about it. He said he was going to take my last name away from me, but like, my stepmom, everybody else was like, What? Like, where are you? Yeah, like, it was just like, Okay, dad, you're just, you're, you'll be okay. And my family was just so supportive that it was just like, You know, dad, yeah. I love you. You just go, Yeah, you're just going to yeah. have to catch yeah. up. Like, mm-hmm. Get your life right, and we could, you know, like, <laughs> was, yeah, you know. Um, but outside of that, you know, of course, there's human humans are humans, and there's going to be somebody in your house that may not agree with it. But it's more like they might not feel like that person is right for you. They mm-hmm. might necessarily say that man or that woman. They might say more of like, you know, that's not or y'all's energy is just not really there. You have a little bit more feminine energy. They might have too much masculine. Yeah. You have too much masculine energy for that person. And things like that, but it's never yeah. like, no, this gay stuff, no, Mm-mm. yeah, no, it's very much so embraced. Wow, 
Sexuality and it breaks that down where it talks about how like um, LGBT were considered as gatekeepers in the mm-hmm. community and they had access to all the spiritual gates and so when you wanted to have like a conversation about spirituality you're going to the gays which is crazy because I know that it is isn't it no, awesome? it, I think it, no I think it's exactly what it's supposed to be right yeah. but I wonder why we have a different experience we see things very very fluid. Mm-hmm. We see things very fluid. We don't, we don't, we don't see like boxes, yeah. you know. And so that's, I think that's what gives us our gift. Like we see right when we start having different feelings at a young age, we're already like, hold on, something's not right about this planet. I remember the gay thing was wrong with what I was doing at five. Like I didn't know it all until I got caught. Like I didn't know it all. <laughs> woman she she told me I asked her I said mom it was when I started reading like the bible and stuff I was like why do people get to tell me what's right and wrong I was like there's this feeling inside of me that when I do something wrong I know it's wrong she goes girl you know what's right and wrong don't don't worry about that book don't get too don't get too caught up in Mm -hmm. it because she didn't want she wanted me to explore Mm because they don't that's another thing they do not keep you from other religions Mm -hmm. yeah she wanted me to explore but she didn't want me to start forming getting conditioned by it Mm -hmm. yeah she she didn't Mm -hmm. want me to do that so she was like you you keep that feeling and be careful with what you're reading yeah yeah. I agree because I think if somebody was the wrong the the right thing and the wrong hands can do a lot of damage right but um, I was actually going over a sermon I wrote last night, and I kind of said, said something similar to that, to where you always have to have your intuition. So Jesus healed this woman on the Sabbath. The, um, what they call Pharisees. those? Pharisees. You know, they just buy the book, buy the book. You ain't supposed to do anything on the Sabbath. They told that lady, if you have a problem, basically they told her she needs to come visit the doctor, not on the Sabbath. Ooh. But Jesus was like, he healed her on the Sabbath, and I know that's from her heart, from his heart, right? And that's kind of the same thing. Like, I know what's right. I know what's wrong. Like, it's not necessarily, like, these rules type of deal. It's like God has already placed that GPS, that moral compass mm-hmm. inside. Yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Yeah. Exactly. I feel like Christianity, by design, not just in general, but I think the, the colonized Christianity, by design, has kept a lot of people from that moral compass and mm-hmm. just giving them a list of things to do and a list of things not to do so you don't go to hell but that's why i say you gotta seek for yourself because exactly. if you like if you never got to that that portion or never read that story in the bible and you just listen to what somebody else yeah. is telling you it's like you're not being you're not even putting yourself in the equation you're not even an active participant god wants you to be active in the relationship you know what i mean I kind of disagree just a little bit only because I wasn't raised in the church. Mm-hmm. I don't know every parable or storyline, mm-hmm. but I know the first time I met a pastor in Houston, 
uh, was Marlon from the Awakenings movement. I don't know if y'all familiar, but he's dope. Yeah. And uh, a friend of mine at the time had a blowout and needed mm-hmm. to get to this meeting. Yeah. And so I got out of the bed and drove her to the meeting. It was at uh, this venue um, on Almeida by the Reggae Cafe. Yeah. And oh. I'm sitting at a table, you know, twiddling my thumbs, probably texting somebody. And I keep catching them saying stuff that sounds familiar to me. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I wrote a poem about that. By the third time I interrupted them, he was like, well, let me read it. And literally, he's coming from scripture. I'm showing him my emails. Like, wow. I, I was not raised in the church, but yeah. I still get access to the word. Yeah. I am I am the word, magician, you know? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, some some conversations and some interactions are not going to hinder us. We, we come to that table. We are the, we are the, um, the vital parts. Of, yeah. of that float because we'll be the ones at the table you know what i mean like the last supper you got whores liars and thieves at it like you know I mean? it's not that you know they were more trustworthy they were entrusted to do something more effective yeah like if you're good enough to sit at the table with god then you're good enough for me to respect exactly. you know what i mean yeah and, and i think that's the real root christianity but i think there's a whole another like realm of, of christianity course. that's of like what are y'all doing? Like, what y'all thinking about? They're the ones who are thinking about and wondering stuff, right? As yeah. opposed to, like, this feels mm-hmm. right. Exactly. That was good. So, I'm going to take a break, and then we're going to come back okay. in a second. All right. <laughs> this is-